I think, thank you. I think, mother. You're safe. It's okay. You're okay. That's how babies are born after all. Cradled in someone else's arms, sucking, helpless. After that, the fever pulls me under again. My waking moments are few and my impressions disjointed. More hands and more voices. I'm lifted, a kaleidoscope of green above me and fractal patterns in the sky. Later, there's the smell of campfire and something cold and wet pressed against my skin. Smoke and hushed voices, searing pain in my side. Then ice, relief, softness sliding against my legs. In between are dreams unlike any I've ever had before. They are full of explosions and violence, dreams of skin melting and skeletons charred to black bits. Alex never comes to me again. He has gone ahead of me and disappeared beyond the tunnel. Almost every time I wake, she is there, the black-haired girl, urging me to drink water or pressing a cool towel to my forehead. Her hands smell like smoke and cedar. And beneath it all, beneath the rhythm of the waking and sleeping, the fever and the chills, is the word she repeats again and again so it weaves its way into my dreams, begins to push back some of the darkness there, draws me up out of the drowning. Safe. 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 You're safe now. The fever breaks, finally, after I don't know how long, and at last I float into consciousness on the back of that word, gently, softly, like riding a single wave all the way into the shore. Before I even open my eyes, I'm conscious of plates banging together, the smell of something frying, and the murmur of voices. My first thought is that I'm at home, in Aunt Carol's house, and she's about to call me down for breakfast, a morning like any other. Then the memories. The flight with Alex, the botched escape, my days and nights alone in the wilds, comes slamming back, and I snap my eyes open, trying to sit up. My body won't obey me, though. I can't do more than lift my head. I feel as though I've been encased in stone. The black-haired girl, the one who must have found me and brought me here, wherever here is, stands in the corner next to a large stone sink. She whips around when she hears me shift in my bed. Easy she says. She brings her hands out of the sink wet to the elbow. Her face is sharp, extremely alert like an animal's. Her teeth are small, too small for her mouth and slightly crooked. She crosses the room, squats next to the bed. You've been out for a whole day. Where am I? I croak. My voice is a rasp, barely recognizable as my own. Home base, she says. She's watching me closely. That's what we call it, anyway. No, I mean, I'm struggling to piece together what happened after I climbed the fence. All I can think of is Alex. I mean, is this the wilds? An expression of suspicion possibly passes quickly over her face. We're in a free zone. Yes, she says carefully then stands and without another word moves away from the bed, disappearing through a darkened doorway. From deeper inside the building, I can hear voices indistinctly. I feel a brief pang of fear, wonder if I've been wrong to mention the wilds, 
Wonder if these people are safe. I've never heard anyone call unregulated land a free zone before. But no, whoever they are, they must be on my side. They saved me. Have had me completely at their mercy for days. I managed to haul myself into a half-seated position, propping my head up against the hard stone wall behind me. The whole room is stone. Rough stone floors, stone walls on which in places a thin film of black mold is growing, an old-fashioned stone basin fitted with a rusted faucet that clearly hasn't functioned in years. I'm lying on a hard, narrow cot, covered with ratty quilts. This, in addition to a few tin buckets in the corner underneath the defunct sink, and a single wooden chair, is the room's only furniture. There are no windows in my room, and no lights either. Just two emergency lanterns, 